Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Brett McPherson, the interior designer behind Designers Brew, where she has been styling incredible spaces since 2004. Brett's sharing how her dream of owning her own interior design firm came to life and how she has built and grown her business. We also talk about the value of hard work, following your gut, boundaries, and some of the hard lessons she's learned throughout this journey. So here we go with Brett McPherson. All right. Well, we're here today with Brett McPherson, interior designer behind Designers Brew in Luther, Oklahoma. Brett, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. So you're an Oklahoma girl, born and raised. I am. Tell us what it was like growing up here for you. So I grew up in western Oklahoma, um, in a little little tiny town called Stafford, and I went to school in Butler, and then I ended up graduating in Arapahoe. So I grew up on a cow-calf operation. Uh, my dad calls himself a farmer, but he's actually a rancher, but he doesn't like to call himself that, so... Um, but that's what I grew up. My mom was a teacher. We just, you know, lived the good old, good old small town life growing up. Love it. So have you always had an eye for design? Um, I don't know that I've always had an eye for design, but I've always, um, in the fifth grade, actually, a girl moved to Butler from California, and she had seen some things of the world that I had not, like interior designers. And um, she kind of taught me a thing or two, told me a thing or two. So from then on, you know, like we didn't go to recess. We drew floor plans on recess breaks. So um, that kind of sparked my interest. And my dad, um, he wasn't always a rancher. He used to have an electrical contracting company and uh, he was very successful with that. And that's how he, you know, gained enough money to buy land and cattle and do that full time. So he was like, if you're really serious about this, you are not going to be dumb about it. And so he would have interior designers be on his job and they would change their mind and make it difficult. And they didn't make the process easier. They made it more difficult, which is not what people of my profession should be doing. So, um, yeah, he was very much encouraged that I learn from the bottom. So he sent me to work at the lumber yard. Nice. Okay. <laughs> And we were just having this discussion. I learned something. But the difference between an interior decorator and an interior designer, tell us more about that. Okay. So a decorator is someone that does not have an education in design. Um, They are someone that was going to come into your home and literally decorate for you. So um, hang pictures, tell you what furniture to buy. Um, They may or may not, you know, be averse on paint colors and things like that. But a designer, um, they should have been to college. They should have a degree in interior design. Um, they should know about construction and be able to help you from floor plan all the way through and still help you on the decorating end. But typically, um, uh, well, in design school, when I went to design school, most of my 
um, girls in my class, girls and guys in my class, they enter the commercial world, but I always wanted to do residential. So, um, I'm a little bit in the minority of that, but, um, there's a huge market for it. So, um, that, that's kind of a little bit of a difference. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Now that we have that out of the way, um, <laughs> so your dad encouraged you and he was like, okay, if you really want to go for it. So you started at the lumber yard. Yes. So mom and dad, um, I have two older brothers and mom and dad were very much the type of parents that they never told you what you had to do in life and they never told you couldn't do something in life, but it was like, okay, if you're going to do that, let's do it, you know? And so, yes, go to work at the lumber yard. And then I, I think I dressed windows at, um, a little store called the Emporium. And that was kind of a little bit of a stepping stone, like a women's clothing store. And then when I went to OSU, I waited tables. Everyone should wait tables, um, in their lifetime. Such, such good work. But the people that you meet waiting tables will change your life and how you treat your wait staff will also forever change. But, um, I met a man there, um, John and Sharon Wilman, and they, um, said one Sunday, they were like, Hey, what are you doing after work today? And I said, I don't know, studying. And he said, no, you're not. You're coming over to my office for an interview. And I said, uh, I'm not really looking for a job. And he said, well, you don't know it, but you are. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> okay. So I went to his cabinet shop and he said, listen, I love to build cabinets, but I don't like dealing with people. So I want you to be the front of my company and I want you to talk to the people. I want you to design the kitchens and the baths and just tell me what to do. And I said, okay. So I did that for the last two years of school. So um, I did kitchens and baths, and then um, I went to work for a builder in Edmond, Michaela Holmes, after that, and then started Designers Brew. I think I was 23, 4, somewhere in there. Good for you. Yeah. So had that been a dream of yours? Early? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I always wanted to be self-employed. Um, my dad was self-employed and, um, my mom was a school teacher, like I said, and I just always, that was always the end goal for sure. So where did you start? Um, at the bottom. Yeah. Was <laughs> at the hardcore bottom. Wow. I had, um, somewhere around $2,000 in the bank. I had a mortgage payment to make and a chihuahua to feed. And um, I got a job at the Lazy E, waiting tables and bartending uh, to make ends meet. I just knew that um, my parents had always told me to keep my I, – I was making really good money at the home building company. And they were like, you need to be saving your money. You need to be saving your money. Like, don't overspend, you know. And, you know, when you're – you know, 20 years old, that does not, that doesn't sound very fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I did keep my overhead really low. And so I think at that time in life, it cost me about a thousand dollars a month to live. And I just knew that I could wait tables and make ends meet. So that's what I did. So I had about two very small design jobs, um, in my pocket whenever I quit my job. And I was kind of too young and dumb to know any better. Like, I just leaped, you know. Like, I did just, I had, I really didn't have a plan. Um, but 
I just felt like in my gut, like God was telling me it was going to be okay. So I, I mean, it, it really was ridiculous. I mean, if you looked at the statistics and the facts and, and actually this was in 2007 is actually when that was. So, um, little did I know 2008, you know, we were going to have a crash in the industry. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, but I just, I just worked from the ground up and I actually got a contract with the state of Oklahoma and I did public libraries to keep the company afloat, um, during that crash in 2008. Um, I've seen a lot of ebb and flows in the economics while I've been in business. And when it's down, renovations are up. Like when it's good, new construction's up. During all of that, there's always, um, home furnishings to be done. So I have always versed myself to do all of the above And I've seen the ebb and flow of the need of all of those things, but I've never really put myself in one particular niche. I've just known that commercial is my least favorite thing, but willing to do it and thankful for my work in public libraries whenever I had to do that. Yeah. Well, that was going to be a question too, is like, did you have an ideal client in mind when you started? Like, this is, this is what I'd really like to do. Or was it just like, I'll take anything. Let's go. Literally anything. Literally anything that would pay. Um, I would be so happy to have you as a client. I did some work for Farm Credit. Um, was very honored to have some Farm Credit bureaus hire me. Um, Dave Childress, uh, Dave Childress, he and his wife had me do a renovation and then... Um, Sherry Plunkett. Those were two of my very first clients and they still are near and dear to my heart because they trusted me and I had no experience, no portfolio. I mean, I was good at what I did, but I had no way to prove that to them, you know? So, um, I had a lot of experience from past work experiences, but I definitely did not have a personal design portfolio to be like, oh, look at me. (laughs) So it was just like, I mean, it was honestly, God just put everything in my path. And I really never, never hurt for work ever. I really never have. Um, I've been always willing to do anything, um, I had a furniture store in conjunction for a while. I've had up to four designers on staff at any at one time. Um, I prefer to run a lower overhead company. I just kind of prefer to keep things smaller and like really know all the clients that we're working with. And I find whenever I have more designers on staff, I don't I don't know all of the people that are paying our invoices, and that I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a personal preference, so. I'm not saying that's the right way to do business, but that's how I like it. Yeah. You've gotten to work on some amazing projects. You've been published in some very well-known publications. Has there been a point where you're like, that was a defining moment for me? Um, the day Architectural Digest called was pretty cool. Um, that was, that was kind of fun. Um, I mean, I, scroll on Instagram and I'm like, oh, the Cowgirl Magazine, uh, they, they've never contacted me, but they've featured my stuff in several (laughs) different things. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. 
Um, I definitely have some aspirations to be in Cowboys and Indians someday, but that hasn't happened yet. So I have some things that I still definitely want to do and grow and, um, things on my bucket list. Absolutely. But it, it definitely is fun when people are like, I can, I had a girl text me the other night and she goes, I literally cannot open Pinterest without seeing your stuff all over. And I don't ever put things on Pinterest. Um, and I'm like, Oh, stop it. And she, she opened Pinterest and she texts me and she was like, literally it's everywhere. And she's like, your barn is everywhere that I look on for anything. And I'm like, well, that that's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of your barn, which is amazing, I love every bit of it. Tell us about that and your husband's role in all this. And yeah. So my husband is totally a trooper. I mean, he's, he's definitely a keeper. Um, we had a beautiful home. It was a nice, large, spacious home. (laughs) And we gave up our home on 10 acres to buy 40 acres. And so um, we were just like, yeah, I think we're just going to pay this land down, maybe build a little barn house and um, live here for a while before we build our forever home. Because this property is really close to Edmond. It's eight miles from Edmond. And I'm just like, this is this is my long-term jam. Like, I don't really want to move from this property. So I didn't want to rush a home. And he's like, well, we'll just throw up a little metal barn and live there. And I was like, uh, no, we won't. It's <laughs> <was> like, sorry <laughs> about you. But if we're going to do this, it's going to be it's going to be something special. And the way that we financially made something work in that aspect is it's long-term going to be my design headquarters and his construction headquarters. So, um, if I, every time I give somebody a tour upstairs, I'm like, this is a little quirky for a home, like long-term because the pantry is in my daughter's closet or in my daughter's bedroom. But, um, that is going to be one of our offices. So it makes really logical sense whenever it's our headquarters down the road and we live on the property. So, you know, the ideal situation is we live, we drive the Can-Am over, we go up to work, we come down on lunch, play with the horses and, you know, live happily ever after. So it's not just, um, it's definitely excessive if you were going to, I, I don't understand the, the, logistics behind building a barn house because we want to build in a year or two. I I don't see how you make that work. Take that hundred to 200 grand, put it in your house, live in a trailer. I don't care what you do, but like, don't throw a hundred grand out the window unless you need a guest house or unless you need an office or I, it just doesn't make sense to me. But people ask me all the time because they think, oh, a barn house, that sounds like it would be cheap to do. There's nothing cheap about building a barn house. Um, especially if you do it like this, it's, it's a grand structure. It's 34, 36 feet tall. Like we did, we did wood construction, not metal. So I don't, I don't really know what the cost is on a metal barn house. Um, our exterior isn't even metal, it's wood. So, um, I I really don't know the comparisons, but it's been, um, we just kind of built it because we loved it. We designed it because we loved it. My husband was great about, he always signs on for ideas. He's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, he's he's great. Like, I come up with the ideas. He figures out how to make him work. Um, it's, it's a really fun marriage um, when it comes to design and work aspect. But it's been great, and it's 
I mean, we never expected the attention that we've gotten from the barn for our businesses. I mean, it's, it's knocked our socks off, honestly. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of leads into you two working together and explain to us how you mentioned a little bit, but how you guys work together. How does that work? So uh, that we actually met, um, his company, his construction company is Stone Ridge Homes and they were looking for a new interior designer. So they, well, he actually had called and about 10 designers in the Edmond area and set up interviews. And so my pet peeve is when people are late and he was very late to our first (laughs) interview. And so I told someone on staff at the time, I said, you need to call this guy and tell him if he's not here in five minutes, I'm moving on with my day and he needs to not bother coming. And so she's like, he says he's pulling in right now. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm about over it. Okay. (laughs) He was like 20 minutes late and he pulls in on two wheels and he steps out of his truck. He's all starched up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I'll wait for this one. So it was kind of like love at first sight for me, but I'm like, he has to be married. He has to be (laughs) married. Well, it took me a couple of days to figure out that what, but we both felt the same way from the very first meeting. And so, um, we just absolutely hit it off. He was living in Texas at the time, but building in Oklahoma. And so he was commuting. He was here for four days, there for three days. And we were, I mean, this sounds insane, and if my daughter ever tells me this, I'm going to tell her that she needs to go read the Bible or something, but we were talking about getting married within two weeks, Wow! and we were like, we can't tell other people that we're talking about this, but this is just where we're at in life, um, but it just like, God, God put us together, and he had a master plan for us, and it has been a really fun journey, but... Um, I do all of Stone Ridge Homes stuff, and then I also have clients outside of Stone Ridge Homes because I kind of work all over the United States, and then he obviously can't build all over the United States, but you can design because I do a ton of virtual design, or I mean, I have two houses in uh, Waxahachie, Texas starting, but you know, I might only go on site twice during those builds or something, so um, we have a lot of fun working together, and he he's such a talented builder. He's really one of the top three builders I've ever worked with ever. Wow. So a perfect match. It really kind of is. It's a perfect match. It's pretty fun. I love it. What's your favorite project you've ever worked on? Mm. Um, or some of your favorites. Some of my favorites. Um, the barn was fun because it was just so much interest. It also was the hardest. Um, if you're a designer or in the industry in any aspect, like doing your own stuff is the hardest. I remember picking my baseboards. Uh, You would have thought I was naming a child or something. (laughs) I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, you just, I think you just know so much of what there is out there in the industry and you want to pick so wisely. You just want to choose very wisely. And so you just don't want to mess up and it's, 
Yeah. Um, I think doing your own projects is definitely the most difficult. Um, my good friend, Robin Packard, she moved um, to Cashin from Kansas and I did her house in Cashin. But then when she um, moved to Texas, we built, a, she bought 70 acres or 77 acres and we built a ranch for her and her family from the ground up. That definitely was to this day, still one of the coolest projects I've ever worked on. She was just one of those clients that because I had done her house in Cashin, she knew that she trusted me and she trusted whatever I did. And she knew that I knew her vision. And even though she knew all of that, um, I still had in this industry, sometimes you have to really fight for things. <laughs> and so there were a lot of things in her house that her builder thought was ridiculous and she thought was ridiculous, but I was like, no, no, we are doing this. And they were like, no, it's not going to work because it's excellent, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it can be done and it's going to get done. <laughs> so at the end of her build, she's like, every single thing that you fought for are my favorite things in my house. And she's like, thank you for doing that. So she's like, I just... I mean, it's really a special, I mean, every time I post anything, I don't care if it's a, the laundry room at her house, my feed goes crazy on Instagram. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So those two are definitely some of my favorites, but anytime you get to do a nursery for a family that's, you know, been trying to have a baby for 10 years or adopted or, I mean, all cool things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty special. Nursing home rooms or, you know, a lot of sentimental things. What have been some of the biggest things you've learned on this journey? Mm. Live beneath your means, especially if you're um, self-employed. I mean, I think that's important. Like this morning I listened to church and it was, uh, I listened to last week's church and it was Dave Ramsey was speaking actually, but Um, we are big advocates of don't drive a brand new car, like, you know, don't have a big car payment, like just put money in the bank. Like if you don't owe anybody anything, life is a lot less stressful. You're not trying to prove anything to anybody with your worldly possessions. Um, and whenever your business has money in the bank, you don't have to take on projects that aren't fitting for you. Um, just, there's a lot of liberation in living underneath your means. Like there, I can't, can't say enough about that. Um, also like if you feel something in your gut, I mean, just go for it. I had, I had a college professor. I went to Southwestern my first year. Um, my dad still, he is of the mindset that, um, School teaching is the number one profession for women. And so he was still of the mindset that I was going to be a school teacher. And if I went to Southwestern my first year, I would also come on to his way of thinking and be a school teacher like my mom so I could have summers off to help with harvest. Um, But that didn't happen. And so I went on to OSU and went on to pursue um, interior design. And one of my professors, uh, she told me, I think it was my, it was my sophomore year in college, but my freshman year in design. And she said, um, you know, I just, I just really think that you should probably find something else to 
pursue in life. She's like, I just don't, you're really not naturally gifted at this. And I just don't really know that this is going to work out for you. And I'm like, you know, um, Miss Adair, like I under, I hear you, but I'm not going to listen to you. And so I'm like, I respect that, you know, you have that opinion and I'm just, I'm still going to do it. And so she's like, okay, like I, it's going to be a long, hard road for you. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But you know, um, I had never had an art class. I grew up in Butler and Arapahoe. Like we, I, I didn't have art. Like we didn't have that. Um, my very first drawing class was my junior year at college. And so it was rough, but you know what? By the end of that class, I could draw pretty decent. So when people tell me they're not artistic, my ex my direct reply is, have you ever tried? Because it's amazing what we can do in life if we just try. Like, you know, I can't do gymnastics. Well, have you ever tried gymnastics? I uh -huh. mean, I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. Um, and then I went to work for a builder right out of college. And whenever... I, well, I was already working Sundays and I did not like working Sundays. I was having to miss a lot of family events. Um, oh, I just, I really didn't like it. I couldn't go to church and like he was, um, making it to where we had to come in at 10 AM. So, um, and then he was like, and then he cut our pay. And so that was just kind of like, God just told me now's the time. And I'm like, like now, now? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, like now's the time. And so I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I mean, this is really crazy. But, um, so I went in to quit my job and his wife was a designer and she was very talented and she did all of his stuff. But instead of pursuing a career where she made money, she did all of his things for him. So he never saw how lucrative that could be. And, he just took it for granted. And so he told me, he was like, I mean, you're going to starve to death. Like there's not any real money in this. And I mean, I'm, I'm just saying I probably make more than he does now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just, if you have a, if you, whatever it is there, whatever it is in life, there's a way to make money at it. And I'm not saying that money is everything, but it sure does make life comfortable to not be stressed out about that. Um, but you just really have to stick to your guns sometimes mm -hmm. and not be afraid of hard work. Oh my gosh. No, I used to, when I did have the furniture store, um, I was like, I don't want to work Saturdays. My dad said, don't ask your employees to do anything that you're not willing to do. And I'm like, dad, I've worked Saturdays for the last 15 years. I'm over it. And he's like, don't ask your employees to do anything that you're not willing to do. And I'm like, okay. So I like really heard him when he said that. And he is so right. Um, I, I was actually talking to somebody at Stewart Ranch the other day. And um, well, it was during the ice storm. And he posted a picture of the head honcho, his mama, out breaking ice for the cattle. And, and they posted a little thing like that, like, head honchos out here breaking ice for the cattle like she doesn't have one of her people doing right. it you know what I we're mean we're all in it together we're all in it together <laughs> and Trey and I have that um if we have anyone on our staff that if the porta potty needs cleaned anybody on our staff including us we're gonna go do it 
like if there's a parade of homes and that needs done, nobody's above that, you know, like whatever it is, um, we're just, we're all in it. Yeah. All, all parts of it. I love that. That's a great mentality. Let's talk more about having employees. Cause I think as a small business owner, that's always a huge step. It's like, okay, when do I hire someone? Yeah. It is what does huge. that look like? You know? Yeah. So what was that like for you? Well, I'm just going to be honest and tell you, I have a major case of PTSD. Um, I had two full-time designers. One was on staff for over, t- well, about eight or nine years. And one was on staff for, uh, I don't know, like five or six years, long time, both of them. And I made a crippling mistake as a business owner and I paid them too much. Um, I, I was so worried that they were making a good salary that I really wasn't profiting the business how I should have been. Um, I was worried too much about them and not about the main business. Um, but it was never enough. And so I came into work on a Monday and they actually had left the business, started a business on their own. They had been renovating a space. Um, they stole all of the clients that they had been working with. They stole all the files. And it was, it was, I've never been through a divorce, but it was pretty much like going through a divorce. Um, we never spoke again. Um, it was, it was really rough. And so I have been very, very slow to grow my business again. And people are like, you will, you will. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I ever want to go there again. Um, especially with all women, like, you know, I love women and the older I get, the better I get along with women. But Sometimes that get just the cattiness of that, and it's just I'm I'm just not into that at all. But um, man, that just that really stung. I was married at the time, and we had just had our first baby. She was probably six months old. Um, that was a really really tough time in life, like really tough. And I had just renovated a new office for us, and I had really financially like went out on a line to to expand our business and do this new office. And um, it was a it was shocking, and uh, I was very betrayed. And so I've been very slow to hire, but I do have Amanda on staff right now, Amanda Greenfield, and she is the sweetest. I mean, she's there's not a sweeter person in the world. Um, she's a great designer. She's grown a lot. She's been with me for three and a half years. Um, but I'm, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I'll just, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll own that. Um, I very much want my hands in all projects that come in our doors, like a little bit. Um, somebody told me the other day, they're like, you can either, um, how did they word that? They were like, you can, control or grow. Is that what they said? They worded it differently. Um, oh, I have to think of what they said, but I said, you know, like, I, like growing this big company is not really my, my desire. 
Like I want to make good money. I want to have enough money that I can like do investments on the side and make a great retirement. But um, living a stressful life with a lot of overhead is not not where I'm at. Good for you. So yeah, I feel like we have to find what works for each of us. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of trial and error, it seems like, but we get there. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, you know, in my 20s, I did that. I didn't get married till I was 33 years old. And so I did work the 12, 14, 15 hour days in my 20s. And I loved it. Um, I mean, I did all of that, but it's not where I'm at now. I have three small kids, one, three and five and a husband and um, I very much keep eight to five business hours and there's very little that gets me to work outside of that because outside of that is family time. Boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we very, very strong line in the sand have boundaries. That's good. That's healthy. When that happened to you, how do you, how do you pick up and keep going after that? With a bruised ego, that's for sure. Um, I very, I was so worried what people were going to think, like what I did. I thought people were going to be like, oh, she must be an evil boss or she must be. I mean, I, I was just so worried what people were going to think of me. And I'm like, you know what? You didn't do anything wrong. And so people are just, they're going to think whatever they want to think and there's nothing you can do about that. So, um, I and, don't know. And I at just, the end of the day, you're a designer and your design is like in your mind. It's, yeah. it's yours and people yeah. obviously love your designs. So yeah. yeah, I just, I, I never understood. I've always been huge on not burning bridges. So I never understood why they did it that way because I get so many more calls than I can take as far as work is concerned. And I am forever looking for designers to pass work off to. Like if you're good, like I will throw you five, 10 names a week, you know? And so I'm like, I I don't, I just, I never understood why they handled it that way because I could have given them a lot of work. You know, the industry is small um, you're always sharing trades. Um, and the older I get, like I have a network of um, very influential designers in Edmond, uh, like the best of the industry. And when we can't find somebody, we're like, hey, Kelly, can you help me with this? Or Paige, can you help me with this? Or, you know, we're going together and doing service projects for, you know, a single mom. Or, I mean, there's just, you can just handle things differently and do a lot cooler things with life. Yeah. So. And I think life has a way of like, at least for me, I feel like it'll show me how not to do things, right? Like sometimes I have to live through things and be like, you know what? My lesson there is that's how I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, when if I'm the decision maker or whatever it might be. And so those lessons come at a cost, but yet they're valuable in the end. Yeah. Through Stone Ridge, through my husband's, um, through our companies with Trey, we've had a few different sets of partnerships and one set we were like, we learned a lot of what we don't want to do. Yeah. They're supposed to be mentorships there. And 
it just wasn't that. And we were like, we really do want to mentor people. Um, we want to help people. We want to, we want them to be able to learn from us. Um, and then we've also had partnerships and they're like, here's what we know. We're going to teach you. Um, you know, we have a, we have a guy right now and he's like, you guys are getting an, an MBA right now in development. And we're like, we know, and we are so thankful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, he has just taught us so much and he doesn't have to do that. And recently I just did a, well, I have some things I'm going live and doing some design consultations to try and help um, the gatehouse, it's one of my clients, build her social media page. And somebody was like, why, why would you go live and give your design advice like publicly? And I'm like, why wouldn't I? Like, I mean, not everybody can, I, A, I can't work for everyone. Like A, they can't afford me. B, I can't be that many places. C, like, I mean, why not just help people? You know? Absolutely. So, yep. Pay it forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. What do you love about rural life and being able to live and work from here? You know, um, growing up in rural America, I always did love my childhood. And then I moved away to college and then I moved to Edmond. And in early adulthood, I had a circle of friends and we very much lived like the city life or whatever. Um, city life meaning as big as Edmond and Oklahoma City, you know, could expand on. But um, I I really missed rural life. I missed the simplicity of it. Um, and whenever I met Trey, we both just very much had the same vision for our family someday. So we immediately bought 10 acres in Luther and moved to Luther. And then um, we now live in Arcadia. We have 40 acres in Arcadia. Um, and we, you know, we would love to have more acreage, but land is so expensive here, (laughs) but, um, it's just really important for us. So just the other day, this is so simple, but we just, we hang out here in the barn and play with our horses all the time. I mean, we don't leave for a lot and we like it that way. Um, our kids just play in the dirt and they play with the horses and, they were having a blast the other day stacking bricks on the hay. And I said, that's fine, but you have to unstack them too. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were just having the best time ever. And they'd play in the gravel and make dirt pies. And they were making um, pies for their, or birthday cakes for their horses yesterday in the mud. And I mean, I just think that it's, the world can get so crazy and so busy and so fast paced and so materialistic and all these things. And when you go out to the country, it's like, okay, well, if you have a four wheeler and a horse and, um, a hillbilly pole in your yard, it's like, what more could you possibly ask for? That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's just such a simple way of life and it's just, my friend always, he used to say before I was married, and lived a dull and boring life. He used to say, oh, I just love my dull and boring life. And I'd be like, that is so weird. And so now I'm like, okay, I get it. I totally get it. So I think that uh, rural America is what general population is lacking. I think, um, yeah, without getting off into politics, I, I mean... 
Yeah, the heartland of that is where it's at. Yeah. For me personally. It is a quality of life. that It is a quality of life. For sure. Beat. Absolutely. Well, what's next for you? Oh, man. Um, I am at a phase in life where I've been content for a long time. But right now, my wheels are turning. I have so many little things that I want to do. And we have some development starting. Um, and we haven't done developments historically. We've just built in other people's developments. So that's that's been kind of fun to learn about. Um, we've got some... So Trey and I, we're doing a development in Edmond with a partner, Matthew Myers, called The Lark. And it's really, really cool. It's the opposite of rural living, but it's also very neat in itself. But it's right, it's walkable distance to downtown Edmond. And it's a 42 tiny luxury cottages. So 600 to 1400 square foot homes, super, super, super high end homes, but very small scale. Um, but walkable to downtown Edmond. So everything. You can walk to dinner, you can walk for groceries, walk to the gym. Like you wouldn't even have to have a car to live there. Um, all, tons of office space down there. Um, so that's a really neat project. We have um, another area in downtown Edmond that we are working in. Um, I have some cool houses in Texas coming up that I'm going to be doing. Um going to launch a horse trailer bar with my niece. That's going to be fun. We're going to self-title it Designer's Brew, and we're going to do wedding venues, um, weddings, birthday parties, private parties. Um, She's going to rock that. I'm going to market it and book it, and she's going to do the day-to-day running of it and work it. Um, So She's going to do so great with that. It's going to be so cute. So be looking for that in the next probably six months or so for the trailer to get done. Um, I've been taking some MBA classes in interior design, and that's been really fascinating. It's really not learning more on the design aspect. It's more on running the business side of it. Um, So that's been really interesting. Uh, my husband just rolls his eyes because I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to get my MBA and I'm going to go to Colorado and do this school. And then I think I'm going to do this horse trailer bar. And I think we should do this and that and buy this land and develop it. And he's just like, oh, good gosh. (laughs) And then I'm sitting here like, oh, yeah, we like the slow, easy pace of life. (laughs) But really, I mean, that's just how I roll. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't require a ton of sleep. And so I just lay in bed and think of things to do at night. Mm-hmm. I think that's the life of a creative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. So, so what's next? I don't, I don't really know, but I have a lot of things up my sleeve. Okay. Well, how do we follow along? You can follow us on Instagram at designers brew. Uh, we're on Facebook at designers brew. Um, I am on TikTok too. Only because Instagram won't give me music, by the way. But (laughs) TikTok is funny Mm -hmm. because I had 77 followers on TikTok and I put one video of this stupid barn on there and I had 7,000 followers in two days. This barn video went crazy. It had like 600 and some thousand likes or something crazy. I mean, it just went 
it went viral. Going viral on TikTok. Yeah, it went viral on TikTok. So I just make my, make my Instagram reels on TikTok so I can share them on Instagram so they'll have music. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Somebody out there might know how to change that, but somebody told me to change it to a creator and I did and it worked for a day and then they took it away. So I don't know. Help Instagram. Help Instagram. <laughs> Somebody within Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously we just have a website, designersbrew.com. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's how you locate us. And then anybody that is interested in um, uh, collaborating with a project, it is so hard to keep up with all the avenues of communication. So I just strongly encourage at the top of my Instagram, there's a link into our contact us form on our website, or you can go to our website and do the contact us form that comes to my inbox and it can remain unread as long as I need it to, till I can get to it. Um, but that is the only way that I can almost guarantee that your message isn't going to get lost. Okay. We will link to all that in the show notes okay. so people can okay. find their way. Okay. Brett, so. thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, I absolutely love Brett and her design style. She is amazing. And I really gleaned a lot from this conversation and hope you did too. Be sure to go check out Brett on her socials at Designers Brew. And if you haven't seen her Barn Dominium yet, we have a link for you in the show notes. Definitely worth checking out. I also wanted to let you know Rural Revival is launching a farm-to-table cookbook this fall just in time for gift giving, and we want you to be a part of it. This cookbook will celebrate the long-held tradition of supper on the farm and shine a light on the farmers, ranchers, and local businesses who are preserving the farm-to-table tradition. I'll be taking your favorite recipes that you submit, along with some of my own favorite recipes, and putting them into this cookbook to create something special that we all can enjoy. You can check out the blog post on our website or go to the show notes for a link where you can submit your recipes. Huge thanks to Brett for being on the podcast today, and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.